Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. Yes, hi guys. Uh, my name is Bill. I'm in Los Angeles, and I have a question about inherited IRAs. And provides unbiased answers. All right, now an inherited IRA, uh, from an investment standpoint, there's no change in limitations of what you can buy. Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Ryan from Seattle. Love the show, Becoming Addicted, and had a question on BEDL. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, August 5th, 2021 edition. And we are moving through summer, and you we're in the heart of earnings season, so I'm sure you're seeing some of, uh, if you own some individual equities, you probably see some go up a lot, some go down a lot. Uh, that's just the nature of earnings season, especially after this big run where there's a lot of uh, optimism priced in the stocks. Some don't react to earnings very well. Others uh, react even better because they, the, the tailwinds uh, remain behind them. Uh, and so there, there are various crosswinds in the market, and I'm going, that's what I'm here to do is to help you identify the opportunities, the risks within the market, within your portfolio, and help you make good financial decisions each and every day. Now, I'm going to do this with my mission statement, which is independent thinking and shared success. So whether I'm talking about a strategy, a stock, or a sector, I am presenting it all without bias. I'm here to give you the facts as I see them in front of me and using my 20 plus years of investment experience. Now, I'm Justin Klein. Of course, I encourage you to contact me with your finance and investment questions. And when you do, you get to shape this show to your liking to discuss what is on your mind. And that means you can interact with us right now during our live stream program, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Or if you're listening after hours, no big deal at all. You can just give us a call. Leave your message. We will answer it on a future show. So let's get right to our first listener question now. Hi, Stephen Justin. Long-time listener here from Minnesota. I've been looking at a stock, and I would love to have your guys' opinion on it, please. Technoglass. I believe the ticker symbol is TGLS. It's been doing great this year. It seems to have hit all of its earnings and everything. It pays a dividend and it's showing a profit and everything. looks like a good stock. I was wondering what you guys thought of it. Is this something that would be a good purchase for a long-term hold of two to three years or longer if it keeps going upward? Thanks for your help. Look forward to hearing your answers on the show. Bye. All right, looking at Technoglass, TGLS is the symbol. And this is an interesting one. It's still a fairly small company, $953 million market cap, very little debt on the balance sheet, so that's good. And what they do is they design, manufacture, distribute, and market architectural glass in windows. So includes all types of, of glass, tempered, laminates, insulated, and it's installed in hotels, residential buildings, commercial, corporate centers, airports, hospitals, etc. And... This 
clearly is benefiting from uh, the boom in, on the residential side. Uh, corporate uh, buildings continue to go up and, and uh, building an infrastructure. So their, their business remains relatively robust. And you see that with earnings this year expected to be $1.25, looks to be an all-time high. Now, it's a, it will be fairly volatile. It's earnings. You know, 2014, they made $0.79 cents a share, then $0.94 cents in 2015. Then it dipped all the way down to $0.30 cents by 2017, then back up to 82 in 2018, 2019, $0.69. Cents. So you can see it's kind of all over the board. This isn't the, a consistent uh, a grower, a consistent, uh, doesn't have consistent earnings. Uh, and that's what worry me the most. Now, their profitability, though, is pretty strong, but it does ebb and flow once again. You know, there'll be years, 2017, it dipped uh, uh, down below zero, and now it's at 28.6, which is the highest it's been since 2016. So that's really what worries me here is that it's just so up and down and inconsistent. And it looks like it is a Colombian company as well. So, you know, the the, the volatility of, of, of that, it's probably where they produce it. Uh, because if you look at, let me take a look here. It looks like the majority of their revenues are here in the U.S. Let's see, the majority, of, yep, derived from the sale and installation of artificial glass in windows in the United States. So uh, they probably produce there and, and and ship here. So that's the big question: is will the current boom in building continue, and will they continue to benefit from it? And the odds are yes. And in the chart looks perfectly fine. It's had a pullback here, uh, close to the 100-day moving average, looks pretty solid. So to me, this is more of a momentum play, a very cyclical play, and to ride that momentum. Uh, and based on the current earnings, it's still relatively cheap. Enterprise value EBIT is nine. So as long as that continues, I would be in it, I would ride that momentum, but I would have to have an out because you clearly see throughout history the great times can turn into so-so times, and that's when you want to be out of the stock. If you look back to previous years when the the, uh, the value of their earnings went down, 2016 was its high, about $15 a share. It sank to a low of March of last year to, of $2. So you can see the volatility. So this is more of a momentum play than a long-term hold. Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline, Seven Ways to Reduce Your Required Minimum distribution in retirement. Now, you know, you've probably been putting money away in IRAs, 401ks, retirement accounts throughout the years, and you're going to withdraw the money in your golden years, your latter years. And there are ways or uh, ways to reduce the tax implications of that. And you need to start that early. You can't hit 72 or 73, I think is the RMD they switch it to now. You can't hit that age and then start to plan on how to reduce your, your taxes because the RMD is the RMD and you can't really do a whole lot about it once you get there. So you need to do a little planning and there are some strategies for that, which I'm going to unpack. Also, savings. How do you minimize regret? Uh, what are the habits that make for uh, smart saving, consistent saving? And we're going to go over uh, that. And then if we have time, Biden recently passed an executive order today, and it has to do with electric vehicles. How much impact will that have, and what does that mean for the electric vehicle market? So we're going to untouch, uncover that. Now let's check on the market today. 
We had the S&P up 26 points, a modest half a percent there. You had the NASDAQ that was down up 114 points, a little less than 1%. You had the 10-year that was up three basis points to 1.27. Looking like it's trying to bottom here, uh, even though the economy is slowing. But it it does look like it has found support, a double bottom here around uh, 1.15. Are we going to get a breakout next week? What does that mean uh, for markets? Or what, what will that mean for markets? Probably a bit more volatility. And then the dollar. The dollar was flat today after a solid up day last week. And it'll be interesting to see where that heads. You're kind of in this uh, sideways trading range for the dollar. And what happens with that will have a big impact on the market in the back half of the year. Now we're heading into a quick break. But I'm here. I'm ready to take your tough finance and investment question and if for some reason i don't have an answer for you i'll be honest and let you know but the chances are i have a very good answer and i can help you in some way so give me a call at 888-99-CHART when you tell your friends and family members about the free invest talk podcast downloads Let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com. Let's go to Nadia in San Francisco. Let's talk about real estate. Hey, Dustin. Thanks for taking my call here. No problem. Thanks for making it. um, Sure. So um, I've been thinking about buying a condo in San Francisco for, for a while now. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to get your opinion whether I should sell all my stock investment to put down as a down down payment, or if I should keep my, you know, maybe put down like ten percent and take a, a higher mortgage. So, love to hear your opinion. Well, with this interest environment, I would, and you're getting probably two and a half, two and three quarters uh, interest rate. I, I would put the lower amount down. I would avoid PMI, try to make sure that you're not paying any uh, mortgage interest, but get that 20% down payment and then take the uh, that low interest rate instead of putting it more towards the principal at this point. Um, so that's the way I would think about it because you're going to be able to earn more on your t- your, your uh, equity investments than you are on your uh, the mortgage rate at these levels. Now, if mortgage rates go back to... Five six percent, which clearly would have an impact on the housing market, but your your cost of borrow would be much higher, and then that 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 calculus would be a bit different, um, especially in the taxable account where maybe you're earning eight ten percent minus taxes, etc. Uh, so I would make sure you're not paying PMI, but you don't need to put down uh, a drastic amount or pay off that mortgage. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Now, when people take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, we like to thank them for the courtesy and get to the question a little bit faster. We still love the, the caller questions, uh, probably a little bit more, but still, we love uh, the, the reviews and we appreciate that. And we're going to pivot to Randall from Iowa. He asks, question ExxonMobil, Royal Dutch Shell, and British Petroleum. I own all three, but would like to know which, if any, would you sell and why? Definitely BP. Uh, if you look at the... Uh, the, the performance of BP compared to the others has been much weaker. Uh, it's pivoting to green energy, which you can you can talk about the merits of green energy uh, versus staying in the the carbon uh, carbon energy world. Uh, but clearly, their 
the, the ROI on that side of the business is a lot lower historically. Uh, and the fact that they're pivoting that way uh, and they don't have a ton of expertise and, and uh, they don't have that history like they do uh, with, with drilling and extracting oil and natural gas, that becomes more, uh, more contentious, more, uh, more of a, a wild card. And, and so to me, if I'm going to own green energy, I want to own green energy, I'm going to own one that has a better track record, more consistent track record, and that I have a pure play on. Whereas BP, you have the legacy assets that they're keeping, but they're reinvesting in renewable energy, uh, et cetera. And so you can you can argue whether that's a good strategy for the company, but if I'm owning all three and I have oil and natural gas exposure, I want to have more of the pure plays and invest in green energy elsewhere. John from South Dakota says, interested in your thoughts on HSBC. This is... Hong Kong Shanghai Bank, one of the largest banks uh, in the world. Clearly, their business their business is going to be tied to China and in in, in Southeast Asia uh, in a big way. And earnings this year are expected to be two ninety five up from ninety five cents last year. Frankly, I'm just not a huge fan of of this bank. I like the regional banks a lot better. Um, they just tend to be uh, more profitable. And remember, these banks are so large, they need the bigger deals and the bigger deals are more competitive because there's a lot of capital with these big banks, et cetera. There's, there's uh, global charges, uh, bank charges with uh, uh, regulations for uh, too big to fail type of regulations that, that it can hinder profitability for a lot of these banks. And they're, they're, their business is just too up and down for me. So uh, it's just not a, a bank that is high on my list. It's not a bad bank, just not high on my list in that sense. Now, Jane2625 says, love the show. Looking for your opinion on Vistra Corp. is a long-term hold. VST is the symbol. Gage in the retail and wholesale sale of distribution of electricity, power generation, and fuel production. Let me dig into this a little bit more. Seems like a utility, small utility, $8 billion market cap. It is out of Texas. It's one of the largest power producers and retail energy providers in the U.S. Oh, interesting. Okay. 3% yield. Let me look at the chart here. VST. Uh, you know, the chart I don't love. I've, I see a lot stronger utility uh, companies out there from a technical perspective. Their business is up and down as well. They lost a bunch of money in 2014, 15, made a ton in 16. Uh, they're just all over the place. So if I'm looking for a utility company, I want more consistency and probably a little bit better dividend of 3.3. I like that closer to four, four and a half. I'm just not a fan of it. Uh, not my favorite within the space. I'd be looking elsewhere. I like utilities right now, but I'd be looking elsewhere. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. With all the changes we see happening, it's important to remember that you have to keep your eye on your goals and building a strategy and a portfolio that makes sense for you. And that's why we're taking your calls live at 888 chart The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk 
888-99-CHART. Yes, hi, guys. Uh, My name is Bill. I'm in Los Angeles, and I had a question about inherited IRAs. About five years ago, my father passed away, and a company called Ameriprise, who he had a relationship with, helped his wife and my brothers and I set up inherited IRAs. And uh, things have been going pretty well, except, uh, you know, lately I've been, as I've been getting more financially literate, listening to your podcast and everything, I started to notice the fees that they're charging every year. My understanding is it's a 1.5% fee, and it that equates to it's over $1,000 a year in fees. And my question is, is there anything that I should be looking at in terms of reducing those fees, maybe reinvesting within that IRA to something like a an index fund or something like that. Not even sure if I can because it's in an inherited IRA. Anyway, that's my question. Uh, thanks, and I look forward to hearing your answer. All right. Now, an inherited IRA is, from an investment standpoint is you can invest it in the same types of investments, uh, mutual funds, ETFs, individual stocks, bonds, etc. So there's no change in limitations of what you can buy. Now, uh, Ameriprise, unfortunately, uh, I've, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of portfolios built by uh, different uh, advisors at different brokerage firms and, and, and investment houses throughout the years. Uh, and I would say probably at the bottom of the list or top of the list, however you want to, want to say, say it, are Ameriprise and Edward Jones. I think those are the two, and I don't like to talk badly about, about uh, you know, competitors, shall we say. But those are the two where I see the biggest problems, where there's abuse, abusive fees, um, uh, them selling uh, loaded mutual funds, high-fee mutual funds with 12B1 fees, and then oftentimes fees on top of that. And that's probably what you're looking at. You're probably uh, getting charged 1.5%, and you're paying the, the fees within the mutual funds or ETFs that they're buying for you as well. So there's a lot of people out there that are paying that double fee. So that's one way you can uh, avoid it is by buying individual stocks or if you want to just index you can build you can put your money over at any of the big brokerage firms and create a diversified uh, suite of ETFs and be hands off in that way. An advisor like us we handle inherited IRAs all the time and you know we buy individual stocks, individual bonds, etc. And we have our management fee, but there's no additional on top of that because they we're buying the individual securities as opposed to funds of some type. So uh, understand that that is – that's just the way it is. Um, I would recommend you moving that to another broker, either having another advisor uh, or either doing it yourself. Uh, and you can have an inherited IRA, once again, at any of the, the major brokerage firms and invest it in whatever you want. Uh, once again, individual stocks, bonds – mutual funds, ETFs, however you want to deal with it. You can hire somebody like us or you can do it yourself. So um, there are ways to reduce those fees. And yeah, anybody, Edward Jones, Mayor Price, uh, usually in a bad situation overall. I've never, seen, I've never seen anybody present me a portfolio from one of those two brokerage firms. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I've never seen that. <laughs> so just my two cents. Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline. Seven ways to reduce your required minimum distribution. Now, we know throughout the years, we save up in our 401ks and our IRAs, and you know, down the line, you're going to take that money out. It's nice. You get the tax write-off today, Uh, but down the line, when you hit full RMD, which now is uh, 73, was 70 and a half, you have to take the money out, and there's some actuarial actuarial, uh, calculations, but it's based on the value of your uh, IRA or 401k assets at the end of the previous year. 
So the RMD for this year is based on what that ending value was for last year. Now, these distributions are now ordinary income to you and taxed as such by the IRS. And if your 401k IRA is very high in value, oftentimes those RMDs can push you up into higher tax brackets. And once you get there, you can't really do much about it. And so you need to start planning sooner rather than later to ultimately lower your tax bill. Now, there are a few strategies. One is a Roth conversion. And this is typically the best once you do retire between the age of retirement, let's say 62, 65, and that RMD age. And that's the time where you're you're probably not collecting Social Security. Uh, You're not earning much income because you just retired. And you're in a very low tax bracket. And this is where you get with your CPA, and maybe you do this before you retire as well. You probably should. But you plan on how much to convert from an IRA to a Roth IRA each year. And you pay the taxes. That's ordinary income tax to you. But because you're in such a low tax bracket because you're not earning very much money, you don't mind it because you're at a 10 12% tax bracket as opposed to when you're taking big RMDs, maybe you pushed into the 25, 30, 35% tax bracket. Okay? So think about that. And get with your CPA. You need a good professional that can help guide you through these years and uh, <clears throat> years you plan to convert, how much you should convert to not push you into a higher tax bracket, what type of assets to convert, etc. And if you do this over a significant period of time, not just one year, but multiple years, you can have a significant impact on your taxable distributions from your IRA. Okay, now we're going to go to a quick break. And after the break, I'm going to pick this up. I'm going to get to some other strategies that you can utilize before you get to that, that RMD age and lower your tax burden. Now, the next and best talk, this story. More than 7.5 million Americans are headed towards an unemployment cliff. Those could those who could be ineligible for state benefits, including the long-term unemployed, self-employed, gig workers, freelancers, etc. That's something we're going to talk about tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, Invest Talk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. The InvestTalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. And before the break, uh, I was touching on strategies to reduce your tax bill uh, when you hit the required minimum distribution age. And one was Roth conversions. Now, another one is related to that, and it's placing certain investments in different types of accounts. So especially as you get closer to retirement or in retirement, you probably want to have some assets that are more conservative, others that are more aggressive. And if you have a Roth account and a traditional IRA or 401k account, you may want to think about putting the more aggressive investments, which are likely to have better long-term investment returns in your Roth IRA. And maybe your more conservative assets, bonds, for example, in your traditional IRA or 401k. And it'll still go up, but maybe won't go up as much over time. And therefore, you'll have less RMDs. You'll have more money, more returns in the, the Roth IRAs. Okay, So that's one kind of asset allocation decision that you might want to make as well. Another is to take early distributions from the IRA in order to get to your full age of 70 so you can increase your Social Security amount. Now, you're, you're going to lose out. You're going to pay some taxes or, or, you know, earlier than expected because you're pulling money out to live on from your IRAs, 401ks. You're taxed on that income. But what you're doing is you're guaranteeing yourself more income in the future because your Social Security check will increase. If you wait till you're 70 years old to take your Social Security versus your full retirement age, the amount will go up by 32%. And remember, that's 32%. That's guaranteed to you each and every year. And then when there's COLA adjust, adjustments on the on Social Security, cost of living adjustments, that is now on that higher dollar amount as well. So there is this period between when you retire and you're and age 70 where you want to be – you want to – Take money out of your IRAs and 401ks in order to live on so you can delay that and get that higher Social Security amount. Here's another strategy. Take your distributions and fund a health savings account. There are limits to that, how much you can uh, contribute each year. Uh, but that will offset it. Your, your, tax, your IRA withdrawal will be taxable, but your contribution to your health savings account will be deductible. So it just cancels each other out. That's one way. Uh, to do it. Another is to roll your IRA into your 401k if you continue if you plan to continue to work into your 70s and through your RMDH. 
This only works if you're less than a 5% owner. It doesn't work if you're, you know, this is your 401k within your personal business, uh, personal company that you own more than 5% of. Uh, but if you're an employee, you can roll your IRA in your 401k. And with a 401k, you don't have to take RMDs until you retire from that particular company. Okay. Another one is make qualified charitable distributions. And this is taking money from your IRA, your distribution, and sending it directly. Don't take the money. Make sure that your your custodian sends it directly to a qualified charity. And you can do that with up to $100,000 per year. And that will help you avoid some of the other ramifications of taking that as income. It won't qualify you uh, as taking that income. And it is more direct, easier, cleaner to have it sent to that qualified charity. So those are a few strategies. I hope that helped. Hope that gave you a few pointers that you can use going forward. And remember, you need a plan for it sooner. Don't wait until you're 65, 70 years old. Start thinking about it. Probably when you hit 55, that's an age where you really need to start uh, making that plan. Now your call, your calls come in day, day and night, 24-7. And Steve and I thank you for that. So let's pivot back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that we received earlier on 8 at 8 99 chart. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Ryan from Seattle. Uh, love the show, Becoming Addicted, and had a question on VEDL, Vedanta Limited. So I've picked up quite a few other of the heavy miners across the world, and I was kind of looking at this one as a, a possible play on India. Looks like it has some pretty good return on, return on equity, pretty cheap from price to earnings perspective. Just hoping you guys could give me a little bit more detail about sort of the history of this company's performance and the stability of its dividend. Thank you. Bye. All right. Looking at Vedanta Limited ADR. And ADR, for everyone out there, stands for American Depository Receipt. And this is a company that is based in India, like you said. And it looks like, what do they do? A diversified natural resource company, exploration, extraction, and processing of minerals and oil and gas, uh, zinc, lead, silver, aluminum, copper, iron ore, oil and gas. Uh, they do have a commercial power business as well. It operates in India, South Africa, Namibia, Ireland, and Australia. So this is good exposure to foreign currencies. The dollar is going to decline. This is uh, going to get a nice uh, tailwind in that sense. And it majority the majority of its revenue comes from the aluminum segment and aluminum is on a tear and that means this company is on a tear as well you see it hitting 52 week high uh, closed there on tuesday and actually hit a 52 week high today didn't actually close there uh but it is absolutely very strong 3.7% dividend yield now the question is is that dividend safe well the answer is no if you're looking at the dividend history it's really all over the map uh now i don't know what their dividend policy is a lot of times uh the the dividend policy is based on earnings or or, or cash flow especially in a business that is so volatile uh, and so I would look into what their dividend, uh, their, their dividend uh, policy is as a company and make sure you understand that. And it only pays once a year as well. So that's going to be all over the place. So this isn't your quarterly dividend payer. There's probably some foreign uh, taxes as well that you need to pay. Make sure you, you account for that. Um, but 
if you are trying to get exposure to a foreign company that is relatively well run from a profitability standpoint, they do have some some fantastic years and they have some years where they're not doing very well. Uh, but that's just the nature of the commodity business. It's a, it's, a, it's a boom and bust type of business. And so this is a high risk. Uh, it's definitely overbought in the near term. Uh, but it is a type of name that I would be thinking about picking up if I am bullish on the commodity space, which I am, and whether you're bullish on aluminum in general. So don't expect this. Don't don't use this as a dividend player. This is not a dividend uh type of stock. You're not going to get this consistent dividend yield. You're not going to know exactly what they're going to pay until they announce it, uh, et cetera. So this is uh, a high-risk commodity play, and you need to treat it as such. Let's go to Gene in North Carolina, and let's talk about the market. Justin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk, uh, ask you actually about uh, follow-up with your discussion about required minimum distribution. Sure. Um, a Roth IRA does not have a required minimum distribution. Also, a health savings account, Correct. HSA, also does not. But I Correct. heard something from several sources that, tell me if this sounds right, a Roth 401k actually has a required minimum distribution, even though it's a non-taxable event. Um, that's a it means you no longer, you have to take money out of the Roth 401k, you can possibly roll it over or transfer it to a Roth IRA, and it's not taxable if uh, event, but you, you no longer can keep it in the Roth 401k. Yes, uh, that is that is true. There are the same RMD rules for a Roth 401k, but uh, you should be able to just roll that into a, a Roth IRA, and then you just shouldn't have to worry about it. Then you know, no, no tax consequences. As long as you're so, not working for that employer. Yes, but uh, most employers should uh, allow what is called an in-service rollover. So even if you're still working, if you're over the age of 59 and a half, uh, and this goes for traditional IRA or sorry, traditional 401k or a Roth 401k you should be able to roll that into uh, an IRA or a Roth IRA uh, and do what is called an in-service rollover. Uh, if your Sounds plan right. allows it, most do, and uh, most people should know that that is typically an option uh, and typically a good option because you get to roll it into uh, an account, an IRA account or a Roth IRA account that uh, you have full control over. You're not uh, subject to the 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 mutual funds that are available and, and the rules around that particular 401k it just uh, is your is your standard uh, IRA uh, and so it is weird that there are RMD rules around Roth 401ks it doesn't make a lot of sense because the whole point uh, I would imagine of the RMD I think is, I know why why I think it's because the Roth IRA was actually um, created earlier uh, than the Roth 401k so when they had the fourth Roth 401k they just adopted the the deductibility or non-deductibility, but they kept all the other 401k rules applying to it. The traditional yeah, but the, the point of the RMD is is basically for the government to say, I, I know you haven't paid taxes on this money, but eventually you need to. And it's basically forcing people to pay taxes where they've been deferring it for X number of years. Uh, right. And But within a Roth 401k, just like a regular, for, regular IRA, or sorry, a Roth 401k, just like a Roth IRA, You've already paid the tax, so I don't see why they're subject to RMDs, especially because they don't want you to accumulate any more tax-free money. 
I don't I don't know. I, I like to I like to see why they kept it, uh, especially because there's an easy workaround. Like I said, roll that into a, a Roth IRA and then you're not worrying about the uh, the RMD rules. Thanks for the call, Gene. Great, great discussion. Uh, always interesting. These these little tax rules, they're never fun. Uh, it, it's it's not it's not the exciting thing, um, but they can have an impact if you uh, apply uh, your contributions, your withdrawals in the right way uh, that can limit your, your taxes over time, and that can be, be significant. So make sure you're up on the rules and making smart decisions when you're making those contributions and distributions. Now, in most parts of the country, you know it's summer. You just have to feel it in the air. It's very, very hot. Uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, for example, it's 86. Denver, Colorado, which I'll be there in about a week. It's going to be 92 degrees today. And we are well into the third quarter. And we're seeing not a lot of market volatility, but some uh, different rotations in the market. That's kind of where we're at. It's rotations within the market. And if you are attuned in tune with these market rotations and you're adjusting your portfolio correctly, you're probably feeling it. You are doing well. If you're not, maybe you know the, the sideways nature of the equity markets over the past few month, months means you're, you're kind of stuck in the mud. Well, if you need help understanding your goals, your strategy and context to uh, the current market conditions, I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our Irvine, California office in Orange County, California. You can set up a free portfolio review via telephone, Skype, or go to meetings. And we practice parallel investing. We implement the same philosophy as we do here, which is independent thinking and shared success. And we want to help you. So if you want to send us a message through investtalk.com or call our KPP financial offices in Irvine at 800-557-5461, we'd love for you to do that as well. So after speaking with us for a few minutes, just uh, we, we would like to help you. If we can, great. If not, no big deal. Hopefully, we'll give you some pointers. Now, let's tackle another iTunes review question. Puma51, I bought a position in BAM, B-A-M, over a year ago. It's done very well, up almost 65% since then. I plan to hold it for the long term. I was wondering about adding to it. I was also curious about HPQ as a long-term hold or for at least the next five-ish years. And interesting enough, these are both names that we own for for clients, uh, Brookfield Asset Management. This is a global alternative asset manager uh, that invests in a lot of infrastructure projects and they uh, green infrastructure projects mainly. And we like that. We like that that trend. Um, it's very well run. It has uh, it has operations around the world here in the U.S., Canada, Brazil, Australia. And we like uh, the focus on infrastructure and industrial operations. And historically, their profitability is, is strong, consistent, and they have consistent growth as well. So we like Brookfield Asset Management as well as HPQ. That is a consistent, high, profitable business. HPQ is HP. And you might think that business is – a lot of people get excited about the apples of the world. And guess what? HP has similar profitability, especially on the hardware side, where they're they're making very high margins. They make great, great laptops and computers, uh, and uh, long term, they're just printing cash. And so we like that business, and we like both companies. So, 
Rory from Virginia said, as a, I started to learn more about investing, my dad told me about this podcast. I must say it's not, it has not disappointed. I am a new investor that is interested in a company called ABB Limited. I would like to know your thoughts for a long-term play and good entry point. You guys are just knocking out of park right now. Another stock that we own for clients. Uh, this is a company out of Switzerland. Also great long-term profitability, cash flow, and it's an industrial space, and we like the industrial space, and they have uh, wonderful products. They have a very strong uh, economic moat, uh, which we like. It's, uh, it's a little bit undervalued, not dramatically, um, so, but I would say it is a good buy here. I know it's been a little bit overbought, uh, but pull back to maybe the 50-day moving average, right around $35 a share. Now we're at $37.29. Around $35 would be a, a good entry point for ABB, so... Once again, you guys are knocking it out of the park with these uh, good stock picks. You uh, you read my mind because we've been buying these for a little while now. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here is to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So get your questions in now at 888 chart And the issue here is that the prices just run away from the fundamentals. Got a question for Steve or Justin? You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. Thanks for all that you do. As a relatively new investor, you guys have been extremely helpful. I'm calling today about Rackspace Technologies, tickers RXT. Um, they consistently beat their earnings, but and it seems like a pretty good buy right now. I'm just wondering to get your take on that. Thanks. Right, this is Rackspace Technologies, a company that recently went public. Let me take a look at when that was, just back in August of last year. And it ran up uh, from about $15 a share all the way to 26 in April. And it's fallen back hard now, back down to $17. The technicals look very, very poor uh, in that sense. And just like most, uh, and this is typical where you get an IPO, you have a lock-up period of six months, and once you get to that six-month period, what's six months from August? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. It's about February, March. That's about when it peaked. Late February, had a double top in, in, in early April, and then fell dramatically from there. A lot of people unloading uh, that, that wanted to unload, and this is not uncommon. So maybe this is just a short-term a blip. That where there's a lot of people unloading, they're trying to take their profits, uh, maybe early investors, $3.5 billion market cap. And revenues, though, are, are slowing uh, from a growth perspective. Revenues are only up 11% last quarter, not dramatically. Uh, enterprise value to EBITDA is about 15, which is not super high, but it's definitely not cheap. Uh, let me look at the cash flows here. Trailing 12 months, about $76 million dollars. Their return on equity still remains negative, so I don't like that. They're issuing a ton more shares. Uh, 60 million shares outstanding in 2009, now 207 million shares outstanding. I, I don't like that. 
Yeah, just technically, this is not getting me excited. Uh, the valuation's not exciting. They have a decent amount of debt in their balance sheet. And so I would be patient on it. So they're an interesting business. Uh, they are in the cloud business. They uh, run end-to-end -end solutions uh, for multi-cloud technology services. So it helps uh, the software companies manage, host, uh, secure their clouds their, their cloud systems, and that typically is a good business, but it's also getting more competitive as well. So uh, I'm not excited about it from a technical perspective or from a valuation perspective yet, but uh, I would keep my eye on it because this is a space that tends to be uh, very, a very good business if they can continue to ramp it up, but they need to accelerate their growth, and I think that's the big issue here. Now, let me touch quickly on the latest from President Biden's desk, which is an executive order calling for electric vehicles to be 40 to 50 percent of new auto sales in the U.S. by 2030. That's only uh, less than eight and a half years away. And although this is non-binding, this aligns with multiple plans for U.S. automakers. So this isn't something that is going to sneak up on them. Uh, a lot of them are looking to, to plan for this anyway. And there are a lot of analysts that are expecting EVs and hybrids to make up two out of every three autos sold by 2030 globally. And EVs for being about 30% of that, of, of the total. So you're talking about maybe 30 to 35% in hybrids, 30% in EVs and the balance would be continued con internal combustion engines. But what this order does is it aims to set fuel and emission standards through 2026 that are in line with regulations set by the state of California. And there are a few things that are needed for, I think, this to come to fruition. One is to build out high-powered charging stations I don't think there needs to be a lot, but I think there needs to be ones that are strategic to allow people to go on road trips. Uh, for example, you can – here, a drive from Southern California to Vegas, an electric car straight up, you can't do. If you just want to go from – it's too many miles, and most EVs don't have that, uh, that reach. But Barstow is about halfway – from here to Vegas, and you can stop and charge up 15, 20 minutes, and, and you're on your way, and you can make the trip. So I think more of those strategic type of installations will help. And having having the uh, reaching parity with internal combustion engines, so all of them having at least 300 miles in range, recharging within 10, 15 minutes, etc., that will expand the adoption of EVs. Uh, we're not quite there yet, but middle of the decade, three, four, five years, certainly possible. Now, I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads, which, as always, they can find at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, and always investtalk.com, and be sure to rate and review. And if you leave a brief question with your rating, we'll prioritize your answer. You can also browse by topic over at investtalk.com. You you can look for precious metals or growth stocks or treasury yields or health savings account. Whatever is on your mind, search for the title and you can find a topic that fits your needs. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. 
Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial 